ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Welcome into the Thursday, September 12th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lake phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lake holds through great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original one. You can also find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. Shows on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. Now that you got all of that. In your mind, you know where to go on social media. Here's what we got coming up today on the program. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Ohio Bobcat football with Rob Cornelius. He is the color analyst on the Ohio Sports Network. Guess what? Uh, we've got Jason Arkley from the Athens Messenger joining us here in a few short minutes. And we're going to continue that conversation as we preview Marshall and Ohio. Talk a little bit about this series. Battle for the Bell. Two regional rivals. Is this really a rivalry? Is this thing going to ramp back up? We're going to get excited to see Ohio coming into Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I think so. The series, in so many ways, has belonged to Marshall as of late, and so many ways it's belonged to Frank Solich as of late. Last time these two teams met, Marshall fell to Ohio 21-10. That was back on September 12th. 2015 so the thundering herd sure they enjoy eight of the last nine meetings in Huntington and sure they enjoy 13 of the last 19 matchups overall but Ohio has been chipping away and stopping that trend of course as we mentioned yesterday 60th all-time meeting between these two teams 60th this is the opponent that Marshall has faced the most but yet they don't play each other every year uh, that's the only bad thing about it, but we're going to talk about that later on with Jason. And, of course, we'll get your phone calls in. As I mentioned, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, what's happening today? Well, yesterday was baseball. We were talking with Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick about the fact that Thundering Herd, now they have ownership of the Flint Group Pigments property, and so that means they can get everything going They've got possession of it. The Herd Rises campaign officially begins, and that's the major fundraising effort to make sure that Marshall can put together the funds to build a baseball park. So we talked about that yesterday. Well, we're going to follow it up with Jeff Wagner today because fall baseball schedule is out. Now, we kind of knew this already because we've got an inside source at Appalachian Power Park. The Herd have two matchups with the Mountaineers, and they've got an exhibition with the Toronto Mets. The first game against West Virginia is going to take place 6.30 p.m. on September 27th at Appalachian Power Park in Charleston. The other is going to take place in Morgantown October 4th with the same start time. The exhibition against the Mets is going to be on October 17th at YMCA Kennedy Center, Route 2, time yet to be set. And so early opportunity to see some herd baseball as fall ball getting underway. Uh, here's what the coach said in the release. He said it's a great time to be able to see the development of our players as prepare for the 2020 season. And he also said it's exciting to be able to play two games against West Virginia and an exhibition game with Toronto Mets as they get a picture of what the team's going to look like in the spring. So that's paraphrasing what he said. Baseball? Got some aspirations here. You know why? Because they finished 29 and 28. That's not terrible. 
They ended the season with an appearance at the 2019 Conference USA Championship in Biloxi, Mississippi. They got a 6-4 victory over third-seeded Louisiana Tech in the opening game of the tournament, so there's some progress there. Uh, did not lose a series at home during the 2019 campaign. They had a 17-7 record at the Kennedy Center, and they just lost four home Conference USA games, including a series sweep of Rice in the final three games of the regular season. So guess what? What if Marshall had a world-class baseball facility? World-class college baseball facility. Everything they possibly want, need, for now and in the future, right there on campus. Don't have to drive out to Route 2. You don't have to drive out to any other ballpark that has hosted the herd in, I don't know, the last 50 years or so. You don't have to do that anymore. What if... They've got that ballpark ready to go, and her baseball wins more. All of a sudden, Marshall has potential here to be possibly a baseball school. Keep that in mind. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? I think it'd be great, to be honest. I mean, Marshall's putting the time, energy, and resources and effort into the baseball facility to make sure that a program that has gone without for so long finally gets the facility that it deserves. To be honest, I applaud this administration. I applaud the city leaders for finally getting it done, just getting it done, not paying lip service to it, just here's how we need to make it happen and make it happen. So um, I tip my cap off to everyone who made that happen. But fall ball, getting us closer to the start of Real baseball for the Thundering Herd and get that fundraising going. Keep keep baseball top of mind. I mean, that's something that we should all be striving for. Just because quality facilities are really um, important for the longevity of the program. As I mentioned yesterday, the fact alone that a baseball park is going to be the cornerstone, I believe, of a, uh, a serious revitalization of not just the neighborhood, but an important corridor in Huntington. I think that's going to truly get things started. I hope anyway. That's just my my ambitions, to see everything build up in that area and just continue to see some growth and some positive news for Huntington. And, of course, here it is. It's sports. Sometimes facilities don't help. Other times they do, and what I mean by that is I've seen communities pour millions and millions and millions into facilities for professional teams. Uh, college, it seems a little different, don't you think? Because it's money coming from you, honestly, a lot of the money. Now, there are universities that have the money to build all the facilities they can handle without having to go to the donors, but let's be honest, Marshall's not that lucky, so the money that Marshall does raise uh, it's uh, it's amazing to see it every time it happens, uh, the way that the Marshall fan base and the Marshall donors have stepped up to help with the facilities. So uh, off my baseball soapbox for the day, we're going to turn our attention back to the battle for the Bell, Marshall, and Ohio 
It's coming up on Saturday. Jason Arkley is going to join us from the Athens Messenger. We're going to talk about this matchup with Ohio later on. Your phone calls are welcome. You can join the program by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. They're a typical, you know, high team. I mean, they're just, uh, you know, they're like clones. They're all just really, really good football players that know how to play the game. They're tough. They're physical. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't give up the big play. And they get lined up and they, you know, they just, uh, they just play. They're so well coached and they play, they, just, they play so hard and they just they play really well. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive. And uh, it's Ohio week, and it's one of my favorite weeks because we get to talk to a range of experts, people who know the Bobcats. Plus, okay, they're just not that far away, so it's easy to get a hold of some folks. Jason Arkley is joining us from the Athens Messenger. And uh, it's Ohio Marshall Week, which maybe a few years ago, if you'd say that to football players on these squads, they know what that meant. Uh, we've had to educate everybody on both sides what this is all about. Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting. I, I one of the first things I did this week was kind of kind of go down the roster and look for guys who who were around uh, for the last time the last time these two teams played, and then I looked for guys in the southeastern Ohio area, especially you know uh, down around Portsmouth and Ironton, and I came up with just one guy who really kind of knew what this this rivalry was about on both sides of the river, and that's uh, fifth-year offensive tackle Austin Pleasance, who's from Ironton. And, and he, he said this week, you know, I, I you know we've broken the, the series up, so I don't know if it still means as much to everybody, but it, but it surely means a lot to that kid who, who again, grew, uh, went to school at Colgrove just across the river there and uh, didn't get really recruited by Marshall. So he's, he's always had a little chip on his shoulder when it came to this particular game, and I know he's, he's fired up to – to have this one back on the schedule, so there's there's at least one guy, and I imagine if you if you got Doc Holliday and Frank Solich to, to to say so off the record, they they would admit, yeah, this is a game we want to win because they're so close, they're they're just like us. We're, you know, I, I don't know if there's any great love loss between the two sides. So it's, you know, amongst the the management of these two teams, that 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 feeling is still very much there, and I'm sure they're both sides are stoking the fires this week for that. Yeah, the players have been pretty quiet about it. Like, yeah, we don't know much about it. You know, we know all, they're saying all the right things, but I mean, you look at this series. Last time these two teams met, Ohio gets the victory. Ohio leads the all-time series. True, Marshall has won eight of the last nine meetings in Huntington. Yes, thirteen of the last nineteen matchups overall. But Frank Solich, when he came to town, Frank started chipping away at that uh, resurgent Marshall uh, streak. I guess that's the best way to say it because Frank's been pretty successful against Marshall. Yes, he has uh, seven meetings now. With this will be meeting number eight. Frank is uh, Solich is four and three. Uh, you know, in the last since the, since the Bell, since they created the Bell back in '97, there have been 15 meetings, and, and Marshall leads that that segment of the series ten to five. But Solich has has kind of like you said upended that. He's four and three. And other Ohio coaches in that string are just one and seven. So he's he certainly added some bite back for the Bobcats in this series. And, and if you break it down a little bit further, Ohio's won four out of five. So uh, they, they've really done a good job of, of turning this thing around. And I know Doc Holliday has has respect for Ohio. He, 
in that they're, they're, they're always a tough out. I think only two of the games in the last seven have been more than one possession games. Uh, Ohio got a big blowout at home. Marshall got a big blowout at home. And, well, 21-10 is two possessions, so the last meeting. But uh, they have all been close for the most part, uh, down to the wire kind of games. And, and I think we're going to see another one of those on Saturday. And uh, Frank Solich will have his guys ready to play, and, and Marshall shouldn't assume things are going to go easy uh, just because they're, 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 at, they're playing at home where they've been so good over the years. This is going to be a hard game to read because Marshall was not very good on offense. If you just look at the scoring touchdowns, they only got one. So seven points uh, against Boise State held them to 14. Uh, and yet Doc Holliday still found things to point out that uh, could have gone better for the defense, uh, let alone uh, things that needed to happen for the offense. Ohio, hard team to read because Pitt maybe not the best competition. And if Ohio would – was maybe in a better spot. Nathan Rourke, I understand he wasn't uh, 100% in that game. I mean, this is a game that maybe Ohio could have won and maybe should have won if you look at it on paper at least. Uh, I liked Ohio's chances before the game played. Uh, two things about last week. One, Nathan was uh, Nathan Rourke was not 100%. He uh, came down with an illness late in the week, Thursday, uh, even, as the late of, even as late as Friday night. They were unsure if he was going to be able to make the start. Uh, he went out there and played the whole way. Said, you know, it's no issue. I just need to play better. But he was clearly not at full speed. And the other, the other thing about that game uh, last week was uh, Pitt won the game with their blitzes. Uh, they they were able to blitz, get to the quarterback often, early, uh, and the the number of negative yardage plays really took Ohio out of any kind of sync it was able to find offensively. So uh, those were the two things that stood out about the game. And and. The third is just missed opportunities. There, there were a half dozen to a dozen plays where Ohio had players in position to make a play, didn't make a play, uh, dropped a touchdown pass, dropped an interception on the uh, uh, on the goal line that would have stopped a scoring drive, uh, missed a sack in the end zone that would have resulted in a safety and turned the game around. Uh, there, there were a bunch of those little single one-off plays that you know two or three, four of those go the other way, and this, that's a drastically different ball game. I, I, I thought Marshall was phenomenal on this defense uh, Friday night over in Boise, and they ran into some of the problems Ohio did in the second half offensively. So you've got the Herd needing a big bounce-back week offensively. You've got Ohio needing a big bounce-back week offensively. And uh, which, which side is able to find some traction, I think is going to go a long way to determining who wins this, this rematch or this this series extension coming up on Saturday night. Jason Arkley is joining us, the Athens Messenger, and you bring that up. This is a potential bounce-back game for both teams. It's an important game for both teams, even though it's not going to impact the conference races. But Marshall's picked to win the East Division. Ohio is pretty much the odds-on favorite to get to the MAC championship game. This could be Ohio's year. And you don't want to get into the season one and two. I mean, this is an important game for both teams because – all of a sudden, if you win it, you're two and one. You're feeling a little bit better about yourself. If you lose this game, you're one and two. And yeah, you know, I, I don't know how uh, Ohio feels about the rest of the season, but you know, Marshall still got to deal with Cincinnati before they get into Conference USA. Yeah, both both teams really did a good job this year setting up the schedule. Uh, Marshall's schedule, you're well aware of. You know, you go Boise, Ohio, UC, and again, those. You know, that's not Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, you know. Auburn, you know, but 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 it's a good one, two, three stretch there against teams 
uh, from from the group of five conferences that that are going to contend for league titles. Ohio did the same thing. They they got Pitt, the defending ACC Coastal champ. They got Marshall, a, a strong conference USA pick, and then Louisiana, a, a pick to win it in the Sun Belt. And then Ohio opens up with uh, in MAC play with Buffalo and Northern Illinois, the two teams that were in the MAC championship game last year. So these. These first six games have been stacked up pretty good for Ohio in figuring out who they are and what they need to do to, to get where they, where most folks think they need to be. I think it, from a desperation standpoint, I think it's a bigger game for Marshall simply because they're playing at home. Uh, you, lots of people play bad at Boise. That's just a fact of, of college football. They're, it's, I know if it's the turf, it's the, the trip, if it's the team on the field, but, but very few teams are able to go out there and get a win. But Marshall, again, wins 83% of its games at home. Uh, and if, if they have a home slip-up, I, I think that is critical to their confidence level. Ohio, the, the one saving grace for them is they get to come back home uh, no matter the outcome on Saturday night. But, but again, if you're 1-2, and two, uh, that's a drastically different feeling than if you're 2-1. and one. And I know the respect goes both ways in this, in this matchup Saturday where whoever wins feels like we, we just got a great win against a good ball club. And the other team is going to be one and two and thinking about what kind of changes do we have to make to get things set with, with conference play uh, coming up real quick. Jason Arkley is joining us, the Athens Messenger, and uh, we've talked about Frank Solich a little bit. The man has longevity. Uh, he's, what, 75 now, and uh, he's probably feeling like he's 55. He could probably go another 20 years. Um, he's, uh, he's really uh, set a new standard of Ohio, and he's just uh, a guy that keeps going and going and going, and there doesn't seem to be any slowdown in him. No, and he has got a – he's got the – he doesn't have it exactly where he wants, but he has instituted a program here at Ohio where, where they, they know the kind of guys they want to recruit in, year in, year out. Uh, they know the kind of system they want to run year in, year out. Uh, I heard Doc Holliday say earlier this week that, you know, when you play Ohio, it's – it's like playing the same team every year, and, and there's there's some truth to that. You know that the system is in place, uh, but but Frank has remained energetic. He rem- he's remained hands on, um, uh, physically, mentally. He's as, as as sharp as he's been since he's been here, uh, and and when he he decides to to hang it up, he's going to do it on his terms. And and honestly, I don't I don't see that uh, anytime soon. Uh, maybe if they break through and win the MAC championship this year, maybe that changes his thinking, but. But he's he's an everyday guy. He's a long-term guy. He is he's not thinking uh, anything about anything else other than how do I get this team better this week? How do I get it better next week? What do we need to do to get this thing to where it should be or where I think it should be uh, on down the road? So it's it's been remarkable. It's been consistent. You can look through all the numbers. You know he's about this year he should become the winningest coach in MAC history. Uh, he has a shot if he sticks around for another couple years of becoming the winningest coach in Ohio history. And uh, they, you can pencil Ohio in for seven, eight, nine wins almost every year now, uh, regardless of the, the number of players lost, number of players returning. That's that's the baseline. That's that's the ceiling or the floor. And the ceiling year to year now is, is comes down to two or three or four swing games throughout the year. And uh, the so yeah, you, you can't. You could literally go on for hours about all the things he's done in terms of building the program from facilities to roster management to, to support. Uh, but, but yeah, you just look at the wins and losses and you, and you see what he's been able to do over the last 15 years. What do you think it's about him? That uh, is it just that desire, I want to leave something lasting? Because I thought this was a, a great hire when it happened and with the success he's had 
he could have looked at other schools, maybe tried to to leave Athens and, and go somewhere else. But it never feels like he's he's explored that. That he's he's a Bobcat for life now. It feels like. I think at this point in time, uh, that's very much the, the case. Uh, there was a time early in his tenure here, I don't know, year three, year two, year three, year four, where uh, there were some 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 whispers, some rumors, uh, nothing quite panned out. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's kind of locked in. Uh, this this for all intents and purposes looks like his last head coaching job. And uh, Ohio has been blessed to to kind of not stumble into this hire, but but to get the kind of mileage they've gotten out of it, to get everything that. Uh, you know, he promised he was going to do. He was going to make this program relevant. He was going to make it matter. He was going to uh, he was going to improve it in all these different ways, and he's he's delivered on every facet. What what he still wants, uh, I I don't know. I, I think a I think a big part of it for him is the the process, the, the showing up every day, the the putting together the game plan every week with the coaches, the the, the way he's able to still communicate and relate with players. Uh, I think all that stuff kind of keeps him going. And uh, if he if he wasn't coaching, he's he's not the kind of guy that has like ten hobbies and, and other things he can throw himself into. This, you know, football has been his life, uh, virtually his entire life, and and he is, he is happy to go to work where he's able to coach and not have to deal with too many of the extra things that that go with being an FBS coach nowadays. And he's able to do that in Athens, where he's not uh, hassled about uh, uh, commercials or endorsements or media shows or, or this or that. He's He's able to dial in and focus on being a coach and, and being the best coach he can be. Jason Arkley is joining us from the Athens Messenger. Marshall will play host to Ohio coming up this Saturday. It's going to be hot, so uh, get to the press box early. It's air conditioned, Jason. You know the drill. You've been here before. You uh, you know you know everything. Um, not as much as you probably want to be over these last few years, and and that's something that uh, I'm kind of curious about. I know they renewed the series. They're going to play this uh, again here in a few years after they get through this set, but. Is this a game that fans maybe want to see every year, or this would be good if it was on the schedule every year? Because this is the 60th meeting between Ohio and Marshall. This is the opponent that Marshall has faced the most than any other program. So at least from the Marshall side, it makes sense because you had that familiarity with Ohio, and there is that friendly sense of a rivalry. It's not Miami-Ohio, and I know that. But as far as rivals are concerned, Ohio is the best option for Marshall when it comes to any school you would pick and say, hey, that's our rival. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think from uh, a majority of the fan bases on both sides, they, they, there is a lot of support for making this happen every year. Uh, I, I think from Ohio's perspective, you, you know Marshall is a, a certain level of program that is that is going to be, uh, again, they're, they're going to be a winning program most years. You, you kind of know what you're getting with them. And I think at this point, Marshall knows what it's getting with Ohio, a pretty solid team that if, if you're if you're not minding your p's and q's, they're they're going to come in there and beat you. So I so I, I I don't think you're losing anything by scheduling this game. What's what's the one thing that you might miss? And I think uh, there's been feelings both ways, both Ohio and Marshall on this. Is if you're locking this one week in every season, then then what other kinds of games are you missing out on along the way? I, I, I uh, you know Marshall's playing Notre Dame in 2022. Does 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 not having that Ohio game locked in that particular year make it easier to negotiate that deal? And, and some of Ohio's home and home, and home series uh, with, with programs like, like Syracuse and Iowa State and Cincinnati, uh, have those deals been easier to come by because they, they don't have that one game, that one extra game every year, you know, a rivalry series that they're accounting for? Uh, I don't know. I, I suspect that's part of it, that, that both 
both athletic departments want some some leeway and going out and finding future opponents. Uh, but but from a fan's perspective, it's, it's such a close trip. I know being in Conference USA, the opportunity to get to road games is, is probably a lot more difficult than it, than it used to be in the MAC. And this is a this is a road game that the Marshall fans can get to a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, so we we got this one, we got the one next year, and then it's then it's another three or four years off until 2025. So you know there might be new coaches, new ads in place, maybe. Maybe there'll be a movement, uh, you know, after 2027 to make this an every year deal. But but I think both athletic departments want some leeway in making those non-conference schedules. That's that's my best guess or my best answer for why this this isn't an every every year kind of deal. Just know this: um, I know I should be rooting for the Conference USA team, but in 2022, you know, I'm a big big Bobcat fan when it comes to Florida Atlantic. Just so you know, so you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I will be. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I should be rooting for the Conference USA team. You know, maybe have that SEC Big Ten mentality where you, you root for all your conference mates. Uh, I don't know if that's really a thing, but um, yeah, a Bobcat fan on uh, the third of um, September, twenty twenty-two. You know that. Just so if you need me for uh, yeah, yeah. for a column or anything. All right, I'll keep that in mind. I, I know Ohio fans are jealous because uh, Marshall has UC coming into their place next uh, next week, right? And uh, Ohio had a home and home series with Cincinnati, and UC was supposed to be coming back to Ohio next year, and instead punted on that and moved that game six six years down the line. So they get the Bearcats on their home field, and Ohio was was thinking they were going to do the same thing here real soon, but they're going to have to wait another half dozen years to make that happen. So. I imagine some Ohio fans might be might be pulling for Marshall next week to, to, to upend the Bearcats. Uh, it's uh, actually it's uh, two weeks from uh, it's going to be on the twenty eighth. Uh, but you know what? The uh, you know, Marshall's off on the twenty twenty first, so maybe Bobcat fans can root uh, against Open and then uh, root against Cincinnati. I'll take it. <laughs> I love yeah, Open. Uh, I love Open and I hate Open all in the same time. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there, there there are times, especially when you got the max schedule and you start doing the midweek stuff, that that open on a Saturday starts to look pretty good when you know you're playing again on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I won't keep you much longer, but um, that's one thing that I, I look at and go, you know, yeah, you're playing on Tuesday, but you're on ESPN. I mean, Marshall, yeah. Ohio's on Facebook this Saturday. Yeah, what what. You know, uh, as a guy in, invested down there, uh, what what is the feeling when when you see your game this week coming up up on uh, on Facebook? I, I I I'm trying to, you know, the Max got all the ESPN Plus stuff, but but putting it out there on Facebook just seems a little a little different, a little odd. And I, how did Marshall fans react to that? I think um, it's a difficulty for a lot of fans because. Fans are used to being able to tune in to traditional outlets like ESPN, to some degree CBS. But I think television is always a sticking point with a lot of herd fans because they don't feel that the exposure is there for Marshall, and that's holding Marshall back. And I know there's a financial um, component to this, why this is the way it is. But herd fans would love to be on ESPN more and less on Facebook. But again, it's easy to get to Facebook for a lot of people. I think maybe it's an age divide as well. But me personally, I'd rather be on ESPN, ESPN2. But it's pretty cool that I can actually pull up the game on Facebook, uh, just maybe just because I'm able to, I know how to do it, where some Herd fans maybe don't. But here's a point that's been brought up to me. It's hard for, say, a Herd fan who is uh, out of the area 
to go to a sports bar or a restaurant that has televisions yeah. and say, hey, can you put up the Marshall game? Where's it at? And then they have to go and explain how to get to it. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that the, the MAC knows is going to happen, especially when you get to November. Their game's going to be on because oftentimes the, the MAC has that whole window all to themselves, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh, for, for instance, the anniversary of uh, college football, the 150th anniversary, there's one game in the entire nation at night, and it's going to be Miami of Ohio at OU. So, yeah, I, it's it's odd. Uh, the MAC doesn't get a ton of money from their, their broadcasting deal, but they do get a lot of uh, potential windows and, and national TV opportunities. Uh, not not on the main networks, but but they're there, and, and you can find it, and you can watch it, and and so I, so yeah, I, 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 it's it's a trade off, I guess. You dollars and, and eyeballs, right? I'd rather have the eyeballs. I mean, the dollars are important, but give me the eyeballs. Yeah, I I think when you're trying trying to build your brand, and yeah, that's that's you know that's that's TV speak, but build your brand and, and, and sell people on what you're about, then, then I think eyeballs is the better bet. And that's clearly a bet the Mac has, has decided to go, you know, go deep on uh, eyeballs over everything. Joining us on the program, and he's going to be here in Huntington on Saturday, so be nice to him. Like I, I told everyone yesterday, be nice to, uh, to Rob Cornelius. Jason Arkley joining us from the Athens Messenger. Uh, uh, do you hang out with him on a Saturday uh, tailgate? You know, yeah, he, yeah, I yeah, I know. I know. We uh, we haven't done it lately. We used to we used to ride together to, to some of the road uh, games in conference play, especially. Yeah, I've I've you haven't lived until you spent a four hour car ride with Rob Cornelius and watch him work about five different electronic devices at once. So you're gonna have the Canadian flag. He, he said that's going to be flying at Jones T. Edwards Stadium. I, I don't know. I don't there know will, about that. There will there will be an Ohio tailgate group. That uh, everywhere they go, they take the Canadian flag. Uh, they they put it up just below the Ohio flag, so they they are easily visible and recognizable, no matter what stadium they're at. Um, they didn't do it just for Nathan Rourke, the Canadian-born quarterback for the podcast. They've been doing this for a number of years, but now with Rourke in play, uh, it, it makes even more sense. But yes, there there will be a tailgate group, and they will have a Canadian flag out there. See, this is what I miss about this series every year. Uh, Jason Arkley is our guest, the Athens Messenger. Uh, for Herd fans that maybe want to spy on what the Bobcats are doing, uh, what's the easy way to get to your stuff? Uh, I go to uh, the Athens Messenger dot or not the Athens Messenger dot com. Um, again, just just be warned we have a we we are one of those paywall sites. So, uh, but if you like what you you see, you can always subscribe uh, one day for ninety nine cents. Uh, you, We've got different rates, all that kind of stuff. You can also find me on Twitter. I, I do try to be helpful and answer questions posed to me there, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Jason A. Messenger, M-E-S-S-E-N-G-E-R. So uh, those are probably the two best ways to, to check out the work and, and to, to, to get uh, questions answered if you, if you so desire. Jason, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Uh, come on by. We have a we have a stage show. We do three hours before the game over uh, at Gate C. So uh, if you're going to be wow. a three, yeah, well, three hours before the game. We're not on three hours, so we we are only on oh, one okay. hour. But we're on for an hour, three hours out. Then we've got a concert, so we have fun. So come over on uh, Gate C. I'm, I'm telling everybody in this as well. Just come come hang out with us. We'll, we'll have fun. I can't and, and vouch I- for the food though. I don't think we'll have any of that. I will say this will be this will be my fourth trip to to Marshall for a game day, and I have yet to be accosted or 
harassed or, or abused by, by some of uh, maybe the overserved uh, fans there on a game day. So, uh, knock on wood, let's let's make it uh, four for four. And uh, but I've had nothing but uh, good interactions. And and I will say, if, if folks haven't been to a to a night game at Marshall, it is a, it is a it is a legit big time college football experience environment. Loud, energetic, and it, it's it's what college football should be. Jason, can't wait to see you. We'll uh, we'll talk on Saturday. Uh, have a, a safe trip coming to Huntington, and uh, I'll uh, maybe I'll try to come find you in that Canadian flag before I go in the air. That, <laughs> I want to see this. All right. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Jason Arkley right. joining us from the Athens Messenger. We will continue with today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. That is coming up next, followed by the Doc Holiday Show. It's all right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive. So, what do we got coming up tomorrow? High school football all across the tri-state. We're going to break everything down for you. We've got some big matchups. Also, our Kindred Digital Game of the Week. It's going to be Cabell Midland and Spring Valley. That's right. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website, and you can watch the digital stream of that. Cabell Midland, Spring Valley, that's our digital game of the week. We've got one every week. All you have to do is check out our website for the time and information. All you have to do is go to wrvc.com. So we're going to take a, um, a quick break. We come back. Uh, we went a little long with Jason, but uh, it was a fun interview, so uh, I really didn't want to stop it. So when we come back from break, we'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories, the original light beer. More on the way. The Drive continues, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Thursday night, NFL action back on your radio. That's right. We've got NFL action coming up tonight. It'll follow the Doc Holiday Show. Two 0-1 teams hoping to rebound after last week. I'm going to tell you right now. I think I like Carolina in this one. It's Tampa Bay and Carolina coming up tonight. We'll have that game for you. I think I'm going to take Carolina in this one over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I'm not going to do the full NFL schedule of picks. I might save that for tomorrow. We'll just go ahead and get this one now. But I do like – I'm going to take Carolina. I think that's what I'm going to go with tonight. So Carolina is going to be the winner for me tonight. We will go over the entire slate of NFL action tomorrow as far as the Pickums are concerned. The only game that concerns me on Sunday will be the 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton last week, 35 of 51, 418 yards, two touchdowns. John Ross, seven, seven receptions. Could have had more. Hang on to the ball, son. 
Hang on to the ball, young man. 158 yards, two touchdowns. The line is Cincinnati minus two. That's your line right now. Over under is 46 on this game. But the Bengals' line is minus two. What do you think? You feeling it? I'm kind of feeling it. I actually am feeling it, really. Um, just got to figure out a few things, and, and I think this team's going to surprise some people. I, I'm not going to say they're going to win the division, but if Baltimore's not the team to beat, then it's going to be tough. Because I think, I think the Bengals can compete with them. But if Cleveland and Pittsburgh, if they can bounce back, then it's going to be a little bit tougher for any of these teams to claim the division title. It's going to be a fight, but I like the Bengals. I know it's just one game. We're talking one game. This does not set the season, but if the Bengals can win this against the 49ers and make it 1-1, uh, one and one, win their home opener, I'm feeling pretty good. Really, I'm feeling really good right now. I haven't felt this good about the Bengals in a while because then after that they've got the Bills and the Steelers, both of those games on the road. Then they've got the Cardinals at home. Then on the road against the Ravens. Man, the schedule makers are not fans of the Bengals. Then the Jags. The Rams and the Ravens all at home, and then at the Raiders. Then Steelers at home, Jets at home, then at the Browns. That'll be the trash talk game of the century, number one, between me and my Browns friends. Are they really my friends? They're Browns fans. I'm looking at you, Gabriel Sellers. I'm looking at you. Show producer Gabriel Sellers, a Browns fan because his family has lied to him over the first 21 years of his existence and indoctrinated him. And being, a, I mean, you have a choice. Gabriel, you have a choice. You could be any fan of any team you want to be. You have a choice. Time time to stand up for yourself, Gabriel. Tell your family no. You will no longer be a Browns fan. Two matchups. I like the schedules. It's like this. The Browns, Patriots at the Dolphins, and then hosting the Browns. This is actually, the last four weeks are, it's almost the ultimate trash talk schedule for me because I have friends that are Browns fans, and I have friends – okay, let's put it this way. Everybody's a Patriots fan, as I come to find out. Like, all my friends are Patriots fans. And then Dolphins, I've got, I've got a friend who's a Dolphins fan, so, uh, you know, I can talk some trash here. Uh, she's also a Mountaineer fan, so um, – I know you're looking at me like, wait a minute, Swan – how Gabriel's looking at me, seriously looked at me like, wait a minute, your friend is a Mountaineer fan and a Dolphins fan? Yeah, she's having a miserable season so far. Trust me, it's not good for her. But uh, I'm going to have some fun with this a little bit. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not getting triggered, though. I've got a couple of people who are seriously triggered by the wins and losses. I'm a Bengals fan. I'm used to it. If they win, great. If they lose, okay. I'm, I'm going to go about my the rest of my Sunday and do some do some laundry or something like that because I just don't get wound up about it. Years ago, maybe I might get wound up about it. No, not anymore. It's just, okay, hey, they, they won, great. They lost, okay, uh, I got some laundry to do. I got to get ready for Monday. It's, uh, that's my NFL season so far. 21-20, losers against the Seahawks. I'm good with that. If I get to see some progress in week two, I'll, I'll be super happy. Um, I don't want a loss, but I'll be happy if there's progress there because uh, I think this is going to be a rebuild. This is going to be a um, an interesting time. Of course, um, 
The Bengals, probably the second-best defensive performance in the AFC North. Baltimore dropping 59 points, beating up on um, – yeah. I don't even want to say their name anymore. Poor, poor, poor Dolphins. Got 59 dropped on them. But uh, Dalton, look, I mean, 418 yards, two touchdowns. He looked good. I need a little bit more out of John Ross. And when A.J. Green comes back, Ross and A.J. Green pair them together, I'm totally excited for this. So, uh We'll talk more. We'll talk more Bengals. Uh, they're taking on the 49ers. Of course, if you can't watch it, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll have the game for you all season long. Now, um, I saw a report, and I'll go over it briefly, um, that AT&T and Disney might not be getting along right now. And that means you might be losing some ABC, ESPN-type channels. Off DirecTV, uh, I'm, I'm looking at some of the reports um, and, and following multi-channel news that um, their carriage deal with AT&T ends, and some reports say it's set to end at the end of this month. And uh, there's also some reports that are saying, look, no, this thing might go away Friday. So uh, we're going to follow that story tomorrow, see if that's actually uh, an issue we need to follow because... Um, I might have to actually drop DirecTV if I can't watch my ESPN. I mean, let's be honest. If I lose my ESPN, uh, I don't have use for DirecTV right now. And wisely, I did not buy the Sunday ticket. I did not pay for the Sunday ticket wisely. And I'm thinking about spending some money on the uh, center ice package. I might have to rethink that now if I'm canceling DirecTV. I have to get my hockey from elsewhere. Coming up next, we're going to have Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, Doc Holiday Show. And then we've got Thursday Night Football right here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.